how do you define success? Like how what what is what is the what is the thing that what is the thing that's gonna you know make you feel good about what you're doing mm-hmm. um, and also inspire you to keep doing mm-hmm. it and also being realistic about where seeing yourself is it possible to pull back mm-hmm. and see yourself in the hole. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we bring the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survive the city of dreams, Los Angeles. I'm your host, Daniel Tuttle, and as always with me is my best friend, good friend, and sometimes artistic lover, Michael Lutheran. Hey, everyone. <laughs> I like, I build you up. Hello. <laughs> sometimes it's like, <laughs> Welcome to our final episode of our six episode marathon week yes week one of this podcast and we're here i i, I, I literally I'm, i mean honestly like right now it's it's this has been something that's been on my mind for a year and a half almost and then and, we, and that we've been working together yeah, on this though. for for several months putting this together and i have to say like from the bottom of my heart like first of all michael thank you for coming on this journey with me and being a part of it and being a huge part of getting this ready and prepared. And I, I definitely could not have done this without you. Uh, all those listening, like this show means so much to me because I truly want to get the voices of those trying to make it in this, in this terribly horrible, but awesome, uh, industry out there. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy to me that we've already had, you know, five episodes already out and there's just so many more to come that you guys don't even know. Mm-hmm. It's, and, it's, it's truly exciting. And Daniel, thank you so much for asking me to, if I, if I would be interested in being a part of this with you. And if the, of course the answer was yes. Um, you know, yes. And right. Following the rules of improv. I didn't think it was actually going to go somewhere. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't think we'd actually be doing it. No, but um, no, it's, it's been such a pleasure because I mean, where you we we've worked on so many other projects together but this is really one that i feel is and is going to affect us mm-hmm. and we're going to grow from this and we're going to learn so much and as we already have from from Kurt and from Jess um you know i it's it's this podcast is also amazing because it's uniting me with my best friend here in LA Daniel Tuttle it's also uniting my best friend in Northern California, Kel Torados, <laughs> our sound engineer. We would not be here without him. Oh my gosh! Putting in all Kel, the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he and he, Kel. I I don't know. Maybe I'm right about this or not. You can maybe let us know. But he's probably like, oh guys, dude, it's chill, it's chill. <laughs> and just to let you know, on our website, Kel's the one in the scuba gear. <laughs> <laughs> he is the awesome one in the, in scuba, the scuba gear. gear absolutely. Yes. So, um, uh, Michael, what's what's going on with you and with the show? Like, can you just throw out what's going on? Yeah. So, uh, some personal things. Mentioning, I swear for the last time, my other best friend <laughs> in uh, Northern California, Brendan Ward. Uh, he's getting married. Hey, congratulations, Brendan Ward. I know. Um, so, also I, supporter of the podcast. Also supporter of the podcast. Um, so, his wedding is coming up in a couple months, but. I'm his best man, and one of my duties is planning Bachelor Weekend. Uh-oh. And, oh, sorry, Karen. Oh, I know. Uh, but one of the things we had planned was doing a Tough mutter mm-hmm. in Lake Tahoe, and that's a big obstacle course. It's 10, 12 miles long, and you're doing all of these physical courses. 
Yeah, are you tired? I'm just tired just saying that. That sounds like so much fun. No, it, it was going to be fun, and I was so ready to see how far I could push myself. But then, only last month did we find out that they're moving it to a different location because our state has been receiving so much water, uh, especially the northern part of the state. So there's still snow in wah, Tahoe. Wah. I know. So, uh, But no, it's fun. So right now we've just been throwing around other ideas, other fun expeditions, maybe an eight-mile run of things that we can do. Okay. I really think you need to look up bachelor party in a dictionary because <laughs> I think you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, 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 we're working on that. Um, but other things that are going on uh, in the previous episode, I was able to catch you up on, you know, things that were going on with my acting career. But what's going on with the podcast is that, you know, we're at the end of week one and we're also nearing the end of our cell, uh, contest, our week one contest where um, listeners, you have the chance to uh, just submit a review on iTunes. And just by simply submitting us a review, you are entered in a chance to win a Hollywood Hustle prize pack of a $25 gift card to iTunes, a signed 8x10 photo of Team Hustle in action. What, what? And that was uh, photographed by Eric Carroll Photography. And then last but certainly not least, we want to feature you on our uh, the homepage of our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. And we're going to highlight your artistic journey. Um, you know, if you have a headshot, we'll ha- have that posted. Links to your website, IMD, IMDb, your reel. Or if you have a business that you'd like for us to promote for a month, we're going to share that with you and the rest of our listeners on our website. So you get all three of those things. And what do you have to do, Daniel? You just got to submit a review, baby. Just one review on iTunes. It's so sweet. And for all those that have already submitted reviews... Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are reading them. We're taking them to heart. Uh, some of them were a little mean. Just kidding. Uh, they were all great. And we really appreciate it. Keep it up. Keep sharing the podcast. I know there's other people out there that could definitely use this show. Uh, so we definitely thank you. As for personal life with me, I am about to venture into the world of potty training. Wait, wait, Daniel. I know, I you're know. You're how old? <laughs> I, I Wait, know. You it's, it's podcast. You don't Let have to say it really. Come in. <laughs> um, no, my, my, my two and a half year old is going into potty training mode. Baby uh, Nolan. Baby Nolan going to be baby potty trained. And uh, we're, we're doing a three-day intensive, and hopefully he'll be at least halfway there by the end of that. Lock down the yeah. country. Like, everyone, yeah, we're, we're, get everybody, ready. Everybody get ready. It's going to be crazy. going to be a naked baby running around in our apartment. Um, but before that, we're going to a Dodger Cubs game. Uh, uh, we got some Cubs lo- lovers in the family, so we're going to a Cubs game, and uh, it's going to be a blast. Playing the so, Dodgers? Yeah, playing the Dodgers. You know, so five years excited. into L.A., and I still have not been to a Dodgers game. I've been to four? <laughs> Why haven't you invited me, Daniel? What, what, what's going on, Man. bro? Hey, well, I mean, I do have a family. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fine, Angie and Nolan, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> so Mike, what, uh, you know, the end of the week, um, we've talked about a lot of stuff. Um, uh, the, the listeners have learned a lot about I us. hope. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the biggest takeaway for me uh, with this week is to is connecting and um, making sure to not leave yourself alone somewhere you know, struggling with your art, get out there, talk to people, um, embrace other people's artistic thoughts and feelings and ideas and be willing to work with them, you know, on their projects. In, in this part of, uh, in act two with Jessica Hanna, she's going to talk about 
go out and see stuff. You know, uh, if, if you're here as an actor, go out and see theater. If you're a writer, you know, go out and put yourself in areas where you get to witness your art and talk to the people, talk to the people who are creating um, that stuff because that will help, you know, that'll get you out of your little uh, cave, right? And take you out of your isolation and take you out of yourself and just get you more connected to L.A., now, Michael, are there some what, – what have you seen between – we've had two interviews this mm-hmm. week. We've had Kurt Mega and we've had Jessica Hanna. Um, what similarities have you seen from the conversations? Because there was a lot of differences. I mean, they have different lives and different yeah. journeys. But you could obviously see some similarities. What sort of similarities that you've taken from them? Well, just initially, they're both wonderful people. I mean, absolutely. I mean, no, it, and that's – that's not just because we're on the podcast, but they're just really wonderful people. And it's no wonder that they're, they are in the place of success that they're in right now because of who they are and because of the character that they live their lives with. And it's, it was fantastic. Now, um, other things that I just really noticed between the two, obviously one's on Glee and, you know, more on the television film side of things. And then Jessica Hanna theater running her own uh, theater in Los Angeles, but they're both all about, being open, saying yes to opportunities, and pursuing your interests to really just, you know, be be okay with yourself and to accept the opportunities as they come along. And I think uh, as this podcast goes on, we're going to find a lot of similarities, more and more similarities, the more interviews that we do of running themes of how to live your life in this town as an artist and just as a person about being open and being kind and saying yes to opportunities because you never know, um, you know, for, for Jess, when she walked into that theater, she didn't know initially that she would eventually become one of the co-owners and, you know, managing producing director and helping lead this wonderful artistic hub of creativity for artists and musicians and just everything in between. She never would have thought about that when she first walked into the space. But she just said, yes, I'll work. You know, I'll work with you. Yes, I'll be open to training. Yes, I don't know what I'm doing. Tell, Teach me. Teach me, teach me, teach me. That's the other thing. You know, being open to learning and being knowing yourself of, of accepting. Maybe I'm not at this level yet, but I'm open to learning. Absolutely. And it's, you know, one of the things, you know, the Team Hustle episodes will majority, unless something happens, will usually come at the beginning of the month. Um, to set up the month of episodes. And we'll also probably talk about the episodes that came before it mm-hmm. and really get an idea, you know, discuss what we've taken away personally from that and hopefully get some some things from you guys that you guys have taken away from uh, the episodes and maybe how they've inspired you or helped you. Uh, but without further ado, let's get back to Daniel, myself, with Jess at the Bootleg Theater. Uh, being that this was our first recorded interview, uh, Michael and I had not really settled in on what we wanted the second part to be. It was still kind of a, we knew the first part was going to be a one-on-one interview. The second part was still kind of a work in progress, trying to figure out what was the best fit to separate it 
from the first part, but still make it interesting. Uh, and so this discussion right now is not does not unfortunately feature Michael. Um, Sad day. But after this one, he is in the Scoops rest. Scoops is not in part two. He is not. But after the rest of these, he will be. Because uh, I literally called him from the road after this. And I was like, let's try having you jump in on the third on, on the, the roundtable discussion. Because I feel like we need a third person just to really add to the voices and the opinions. Especially since you've heard mine and Jess for so long in the first episode. I thought Michael's would be a nice break and something new to add. Uh, but Jess has some amazing words of wisdom in this episode to talk about comparing oneself to your own expectations and allow yourself to follow your interests. So please enjoy this uh, first draft of the roundtable discussions between myself and Jessica Hanna. Take it away, Daniel. All right, we're back here with Jessica Hanna, the co-founder and managing producing Director of Bootleg. That is a mouthful. It is. Is that on your business card? Uh, does when it I fit? Have them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Does it say co-founder and managing Purdue? Purdue. Does it have room for your name? Director. Doesn't have your name on it. Just says managing Purdue. Co-founder, managing producing director. Cool. It says Jess. So um, it says yes, Queen. So I kind of want to talk. <laughs> What's your title? Yeah, that's Queen. Yes, Queen. That is my title. <laughs> that is my t- that, I like it. That's, I want you to put that on there. Totally. Um, so I want to talk about kind of living in LA. Uh huh. Um, it's a city that is huge and expensive. Yes. Um, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's energetic. It's frustrating. <laughs> it's expensive. It's depressing at times. Mm-hmm. Um, Come to LA. <laughs> um, so when you when you moved here and you were settling in, mm-hmm. what did you discover about the city? Uh, wow. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, no, t- I mean, I'm just, starting I mean, softballs. No, I tell you, tell you, tell you. So it's just a. It's a Where was it's your a, favorite place to make out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was the a observatory, street. of course, because it's classic. Right where Biff was chasing Michael J. Fox <laughs> on the <laughs> on the hoverboard. Um, uh, let's see. Well, the thing, you know, LA is vast. Here's the thing I always say to people who are thinking about LA: um, if you don't like driving, don't move here. <laughs> I tire of people bitching about the traffic. Wait, there's traffic? I know. Can you? Would have never noticed. And I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, the city's working on it. Our transit's getting better, mm-hmm. but it's like three. The LA County is 365 square miles, something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's gigantic. You heard it here first, folks. 365. I believe it is. Somewhere around there, 390, something like that. No, I did. A, I did an arts. I, I taught an arts workshop in the schools in mm-hmm. LAUSD back in before bootleg. Mm-hmm. And there was one day where I, because I would go to different elementary schools, right. and there was one day where I did a workshop in San Pedro. Mm-hmm. Right. If you didn't notice the face I just made, it's a <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> totally, San Pedro, which is about as you know south uh, south as you can get in LA County, and then I went up to I did one in the afternoon in Chatsworth, which oh. is way out in the top of the valley. Oh. And I mean, and I just that got was pain. that was all LAUSD. You know what I mean? And so like it it is gigantic. Right. You know, and and so so there are ways to deal with the traffic. You know. Try if you can. I mean, I am now an adult with car payments, and mm-hmm. I have a car that I love. Mm-hmm. But for years, my years here, it was used car after used car. You know, and you know, making because it had to have a car. Right. And so, trying to find the best vehicle that you can afford, mm-hmm. because that vehicle is going to be your friend. Let's, let's say that. You, know? you can afford. You can afford <laughs> totally. I mean, be realistic about mm-hmm. it. You know, if you can, you know, 
what and to know what that car what car what that car can do mm-hmm. and, and where it's been and where it's been <laughs> exactly i mean that's one thing i you know mm-hmm. the the whole the, one of the things i love about my car mm-hmm. that you know i'm blessed to have and to pay for but so yeah so uh, car, cars okay so having a car that you like to be in mm-hmm. also the oh and the thing about the car like the 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 new page that i've turned mm-hmm. is that my car has warranty like I know that like if it breaks down I'm gonna be okay. Right. You know, and that that also has left like like oh whew. okay. I mean you know and I I love driving. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So like I love to I, I and like night driving here, man, you can get across town. So it's quick. So great. It's, it's beautiful. So great. Totally. But but by night driving we mean like eleven yeah, at night. Eleven at night. <laughs> and PS the uh, from from Santa Monica to here, mm-hmm. first act of Hamilton. Just saying. Okay. In traffic. Okay. With, tra- with, okay. with traffic. Like, I gotcha. that's the other thing. I so. see, that's what I'm, you're saying. At least you got so. something good to listen to. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, try- I'm trying to keep from breaking out into Hamilton right now. Like, the world don't isn't stop. wide enough. It's like, in my own, like, mm. no, don't, don't sing start. it. Don't, don't sing start. it. Don't, don't sing start. it. Don't um, start. I know. You know, well, it's funny. You know, I wake I, up to right hand man every morning. It's okay. It's <laughs> well, okay. The house, uh, you, you said you mentioned having the car. The car is like a second home. Yes. Here. Especially absolutely. if you're an actor, if absolutely. you're someone that has to go to a lot of auditions mm-hmm. or photograph, you know, headshots, things like that. And I, you know, I joked with Michael when we started doing this about giving tips about LA. And it's like the traffic in LA has kind of become a joke. And it's like, it is real. Like it is, it is, it's a joke, and yeah, oh, there's so much traffic in LA. But it is real. Like there's traffic all the time. There is traffic Tuesday at eleven AM. There's traffic on Wednesday at 3 p.m. There is traffic. Mm -hmm. There may be an hour where there's not as much traffic. Daytime, yes. But it's really just an hour. Yeah, and you got to figure out where you're going. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still like it. I mean, it's it's the Thomas Guide days, sort of to a point. (laughs) Wait, in terms of like the grid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you but you're checking now. I'm checking. You know, Waze, Mm -hmm. Google Apps, whatever Mm -hmm. maps or whatever. Straight ahead. Exactly. (laughs) So like how to figure out. You know, there are you know. I also I'm a I'm a fiend about mm-hmm. like off like side streets and things right. like that. I love I love when I I know this town. I've been here for 20 years now, right. but like knowing little mm-hmm. shortcuts and stuff like that. That's always been something like that's mm-hmm. my jam. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's I mean okay so cars mm-hmm. that's a big that's my big thing. Mm-hmm. Gotta like driving. Um, oh the other thing I had a friend move here from uh, he's coming out here from upstate New York. Yeah. And one of the things he said after being here for two weeks, he's like, I am never going to believe anything I see on t- TV again. Because you, you buy that LA is like what it is on television. Yeah. You know, and, and I get that. Cause I mean, you know, I, I grew up in upstate New York where it was like LA was palm trees. And you know, I mean, mm-hmm. there was, there was a Disney, you know, it had Disney, uh, the ideas of Disneyland or, mm. you know, stuff. Uh, what is it? Beautiful downtown Burbank, mm-hmm. you know? Beautiful downtown Burbank. <laughs> totally. All that stuff. And it's, you know, you get these ideas about what it is, mm-hmm. but then actually being here is like, oh. This is what it oh, is. Oh, this is, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not, you know, good, bad. I mean, you could go either yeah. way. Um, it's not the city for everybody. Well, I was about to say, this it, living here is all about you. If you can do it, if like, I'm a city, I'm a city kid. Like, I was raised 10 minutes from downtown, uh, Dallas, downtown Dallas. So, like, I'm, I'm a city kid. I could, my, my family is from West Texas, uh-huh. which is dirt. Like just right. dirt and and cows <laughs> uh-huh. and maybe some horses uh-huh. and so they love that. Every time I'd visit my grandmother or my aunt, it would be fun. It, it was a nice little rest vacation, sure. but I missed the city. Uh-huh. And so like you have to have that 
love for noise. Yep. Helicopters. Yep. <laughs> weird smells. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. The thing though, I will say again, because of the bigness of LA, yeah. like, and the difference between living in New York or Chicago mm-hmm. compared to here, mm-hmm. um, is space. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the fact that you get, uh, oftentimes you can have outdoor space where you live. Mm-hmm. Which is unusual. You can have a, a and and I for the most part, at least I think the apartments are bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just kind of I agree space. With that. Yeah. So so you have. Um, it's funny because I we, I would talk uh, talking about how audience or how you get people to come out. Mm-hmm. One of the things in L.A. is that you have to get people to leave their space to come out, mm-hmm. and they probably have a nice space or some outdoor area. Like, mm-hmm. why why would they? New York and Chicago, especially New York, mm-hmm. you got like I got to get out of this box. Yeah, I'm going out. People get comfy you know? here. Totally, it's a Netflix city. Yeah, it's definitely a big Netflix city. Definitely. Um, I was amazed at how there wasn't really a late night scene. When I got, when I first moved really? here, I mean because like I mean Chicago, there's you know late I mean bars, but mm-hmm. then also like late night food right. and stuff like that, and it's like oh L A kind of shuts down on weeknights around eleven. Has it gotten better? It has time? gotten. It, it's definitely some. I have some very specific. You know, I found my spots. <laughs> what, are, what are those? What are some oh, of your spots? My favorite. Yes, uh, she just totally. threw her hands <laughs> in the air, so you listen close. Totally. Those who know me know what I'm about to say. <laughs> um, Comfort L A. Mm. Which is downtown. Uh, it's on Seventh, uh, just before Central. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the best chicken wings that I've had in LA, and they're open till three. <laughs> uh, I think it's three Thursday, Friday, Saturday, until three. But like Wednesday nights, late night too. They also do mm. lunches. This is also LA. No place is open at the same time here. <laughs> it's True. like on Mondays and Wednesdays <laughs> from this time to this time, and then maybe on Tuesdays yeah. till like one hour yeah. will be open. Totally. Well, there's also, I mean, that's the thing about LA. Also, there's a freedom to make your life the way you want to, mm-hmm. which goes back to this old, this like it's based on this Wild West thing. Mm-hmm. We are still the vestiges of that right. are happening. Is it a struggle? Do you gonna have to figure have to figure it out for yourself? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hence the name of the podcast, Hollywood Hustle. Hustle, exactly. <laughs> you gotta hustle because the struggle hustle. is real. Yeah, it really is. It, but it's also like you get the choice mm-hmm. in what you're gonna do here more. Right. I think. Mm. Um, and I've been blessed to have be able to ha- be able to make choices right. um, that, and I've been able to, been able to follow my interest. Oh, that's mm. my other big one. Mm. Overall, for anybody, mm. follow your interest. Mm. Don't don't put yourself into places where you're doing something that you're not interested in. You're not happy with. Yeah, no. not happy with, not interested in. I mean, yes, sometimes you have to do stuff for money. Mm-hmm. Okay, totally. But like that, that's if if to Legal, know, legally. <laughs> legally, legally of do things for money. Of course, legally. <laughs> just, just, just want to throw that out there for all the kids listening all over the world. Exactly. No, but you want you know to to if you're doing it for money, know that you're doing it for money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, don't try to gloss it over and make it. But like, that's what that's for. That's okay. Right. And then, what are you doing that interests you? Okay. Because that's how you stay passionate. Absolutely. I, think, I totally agree I with that. Um, and um, so, what's another place? Oh, uh, what's another place? Um, well, there's a couple. I mean, there's always. It's also the trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, you have favorite trucks. Oh, uh, so many food trucks. To, they started have, after we moved here. My my then uh, fiance, now wife. When we moved here, that's when Dallas started getting into the food truck mm-hmm. scene. And I was like, and we moved here, like, oh, food trucks are everywhere. <laughs> this is so great. And then also they started building everything that I was missing, like wish we had in Dallas. They started building, of course, after we moved. Of course. Like, no, that's what happens. But, but, we had it, but we had it here. So it exactly. was okay. It's exactly. okay. Now you're happy for Dallas that they have it too. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, exactly. You know what? God bless. <laughs> God bless them. Yeah. Um, what are some realizations about yourself that you, you found out mm-hmm. when you moved here? Like during those times of maybe like defeat or... Uh, a struggle or, or, or 
just maybe from friends or acquaintances that you maybe you didn't know about yourself at the time, but maybe found here? Hmm. Um, my confidence has grown here in such a big way. The more I have delved into my interest mm-hmm. and the more I have, uh, and, and also, man, when you say yes to what you really think, want, I mean, to say it's hard to know what you want per mm-hmm. se, but to, if, you've, if I've said yes to my interest, then the universe gifts, gifts me back. Mm-hmm. Um, or presents me with, with opportunities. Um, and I just, I guess I've been being able to s- believe that more and more. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are dark times, absolutely. I'm just like, what am I doing? Ugh. You know, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> That's I, the sound of LA. <laughs> I, I guarantee that is the sound. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> if, that, if there's a sound that is LA, yeah. it is literally that sound. Yeah, no, it's a hard. I mean, this is not easy. And also, you know, the odds the odds of being a superstar are so it's slim. And to come to, I mean, and to be realistic about that, and mm. not to say that you're not a talented person, mm-hmm. and that you're not like you could be a superstar. Absolutely, is the opportunity going to present itself at a time when you're able to take it mm-hmm. and to run with it? Mm-hmm. I hope so. Right. But if it doesn't. What is it, how do you make, how to figure out how to have Mm self-worth throughout all of that? Mm. Um, That's the other thing. I mean, it's a constant conversation with myself about how to believe that what, who I am and what I'm doing is worthwhile, Mm -hmm. even when, you know, rejection happens and, or uh, the, the deal falls through you know, the stuff that you've been working on for years. Mm-hmm. You know, theater, I mean, theater you work on for years. Film, I know you work on for years. You know, and how to keep putting the energy into that mm-hmm. without having it make you feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Or, because um, the, the worst is when art, artists get bitter and uh, out, of, out of a desperation for success. Mm-hmm. Um, again, how do you mm-hmm. define success? Like how what what is what is the what is the thing that what is the thing that's gonna you know make you feel good about what you're doing mm-hmm. um, and also inspire you to keep doing mm-hmm. it and also being realistic about where, seeing yourself is it possible to pull back mm-hmm. and see yourself in the hole? You know, I think when I when I when I moved here uh, with with my wife, we. One of the biggest things that we discussed, because she's not in the entertainment industry, she is completely out of it. She barely watches movies. That's great. Which is, <laughs> I love it. which is crazy to me. <laughs> like you don't want to watch this movie that's out that just came out. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things we talked about is success and giving. Because like I think I asked in the previous uh, episode about you know did you give yourself an amount of time to make it, and that's something I read a while back was that. The, the most people come out here going, I'm going to be famous. I'm right. going to be a star. Sure. I'm going to get in a movie or a TV show or whatever. My friends think I'm funny. Don't. I'm coming to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And they don't give themselves that space mm-hmm. to fail. It's all about the success. Right. And when I, when I talked to my wife about it, I, one of the things we kind of came up with was, what is your idea of making it? Everybody says, I've made it. What is, what is my concept or mm-hmm. my when will I go, I've made it. And it took a long time for me to find that, like, that peace. Like, we're, there, that's the comfortability. That's it right there. I'll know it when I'm, do, when I'm at. And for me, it's always been having a panel at Comic-Con. Nice. For some reason, like, being, it doesn't have to be in Hall H or Ballroom 20. 
it can be in one of the small room 165 on the west wing that nobody knows about but it's like running a panel that people will come to mm-hmm. that'll that will be at least, if nothing else and i've learned there can be phases of making it mm-hmm. and I, that is definitely my first one like that's the first time i'll be like i did something and i, I coming here made sense there's small moments there's always small victories and you need to make those and take those recording this show right now to me is a huge victory right on and yeah. but but when i look at it like that's the made it moment for me uh-huh. and so that i think that's sorry to hijack that no please. But i think that's that's something really important for people is you know what's going to be my i made it is it going to be doing a show a 99 cent show right. at bootleg is it going to be I started an improv troupe and we had our first gig at this rundown theater somewhere that's not booing. Right. Because um, you're not rundown. <laughs> that's why I say not booing. Um, but yeah, so I think that's just incredibly important. You kind of mentioned that. And that just, yeah. I, that just kind of brought that And I would, I would, to piggyback on yes, that, please. I would say to, that to be able to be flexible in that, or, or when you hit, you hit certain goals, mm-hmm. to then go back and look at it and not to... Con, to, to allow the, those goals or those ideas of success mm-hmm. to change. Right. Especially, Absolutely. you know, as, especially as I've gotten older mm-hmm. and the, also as the things that you, you know, that you need out of life mm-hmm. shift and like responsibilities, et cetera, the, those things to allow the dream, the dream to be flexible mm-hmm. because the more, the more that you're held in what the dream was mm-hmm. that, that, you know, I'm not going to, there's no way I'm going to get, I'm, if I were to ki- hold myself to my dreams of when I came out here, mm-hmm. I'm 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 mm-hmm. doomed. Yeah, because I'm 45 years old now. There's no, you know, there's certain things that's like, no, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But how to not live in that place of like, oh, that didn't happen. That didn't happen, so I must be a failure. Uh, I know. <laughs> Throw the table. Throw the table. <laughs> totally. Throw the table. Yeah, I mean, like how to let because that is just, I mean. I mean, everybody does that at mm-hmm. some point or another, mm-hmm. but how to not live in it yep. and how to move through it or how to, and, or how to just be like, okay, there's that feeling. I'm going to put that over there mm-hmm. and just let that sit there. And I'd say how to learn from it. Yeah. How to learn from yeah. that moment that this didn't work out. Let's, let's look at something else. What did I learn? You're always going to learn something. Mm-hmm. So what did I learn and that I can take to move on to something else? What's the takeaway? Uh, yeah, that, boom. What's the takeaway? It's Absolutely. favorite. That's a little phrase. What's the takeaway? What's the takeaway? That sounds like a song from Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not. I know it's Hamilton. Not. It's not a song it's from not. Hamilton. No, it's not. There's no, people, it's not. somebody right. over there go, that is not a song from <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> and Mama Miranda it's, won't be um, Excuse me. It's take a break. <laughs> take a break. <laughs> um, okay, so as we talked about, uh, it's a big city. Yes. It's easy to be to get lost here. It's easy. You moved here with your then boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Take a drink, um, <laughs> and, and so that does help. Moving here with my my wife uh, was that's probably the reason I was comfortable moving out here. Was moving was and I knew other people that had already moved out here. Yeah. That was definitely the biggest. I'm okay because I have someone by my side with me supporting me. Um, how do you stay sane in LA? Because LA can be crazy. It can traffic sure. disappointments. People are terrible sometimes. What do you do for yourself to stay sane? Um, a lot of different things. I mean, it depends. I like to, I mean, I try to move mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. in some form. And I've gone through uh, the West Side Dancing uh, uh, community that I've talked about, the mm-hmm. ecstatic dance community. Yeah. That's definitely a touchstone. Um, I go back over that. It's primarily on the West Side, so mm-hmm. it's a little farther away for me on here on the East right. Side. But I still try to get over there and dance. My sister goes all the time. 
So um, there, that's one way. I also was, uh, there was a period of time where I was religiously going to the sweat spot to mm. a dance class that's called Sweaty Sundays, which I highly recommend. Nice. A uh, choreographer named uh, Ryan Huffington and then a bunch of other uh, choreographers teach out of his spot. That's in Silver Lake. Nice. I highly recommend that spot. Um, getting out in some nature, taking a walk. This place is amazing mm -hmm. for parks and places to go. Get up, you can get up high and see. I, lo I love a view of the city. Yeah. And, that, and that's the crazy. In this city, there are so many nice places. Yeah. That's another thing we noticed when we, we drove here. So when we drove into LA, just there's hills and there's yeah. greenery. And so it's like, it's this weird mesh of a city of yeah. like, you're kind of surrounded. And it's like, there's a beach and there's a forest and there's <laughs> greenery everywhere. Yeah. But then there's a thousand buildings also. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. No, it is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, what else? What else do I do? I like. I also. I like to go out and see stuff mm -hmm. um, as much as possible. I go see. I try to see as much theater as I can. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say this straight up. I think anybody who likes to make theater or is interested in theater, if you don't go Contact see Jessica theater, Hanna. you're an idiot. <laughs> no. Contact I'm, Jessica like, Hanna. The <laughs> pitch. If you see her at a party, she's totally okay with you coming up to her. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I, I, I run into people so, uh, it drives me crazy, who are like, no, I haven't seen anything, or I don't go see theater. LA's not a theater town, I don't see theater, but I'm making a play right now. It's like, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> I don't see theater, but I'm making a play right totally. now. Totally! You don't know how many people, how mm -hmm. many people mm -hmm. are that way. I also, because, well, number one, I love theater. That's why I go in the first place. Mm -hmm. Second of all, what's happening in the in the theater culture yeah you know what's happening in the space in the theater in the city around you what mm -hmm. are what are the artists making also you want to talk about how to like make more work or how to get mm -hmm. involved go see stuff that you like talk to the people who made it right. work like that's how you network now are you, you know? an equity-based theater um, are we, are, we are not we are a 99 seat theater and under the new that we, we right. can work under the new plan but mm -hmm. we don't we don't have a seasonal contract right. because we are an inclusive space that anybody can right. work in. I was gonna ask real quick about that the new contract mm -hmm. how have you felt about that the changes they've made I have a lot of feelings about it mm -hmm. um, I think that I mean there's a shift there's been a shift in the culture mm -hmm. and or there will be a shift there has to be a shift in the culture to deal with it yeah um, the can things, you explain the change real quick if you don't mind yeah sure yeah. Uh, in a short for those interested in totally. theater politics <laughs> <laughs> well theater politics but also um, the 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 theater in LA, about 30 years ago, in the 80s, there was a, a equity members sued their union in order to be able to work and make theater themselves. Side note, equity is the union for actors and theater people that kind of like SAG for film, yeah. that equity is that. Just, yeah. Just a heads up. Totally. No, and, and it's, it's a national union. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things about LA is that there are, one, two, three, I'm going to say there are four, there are four equity houses mm -hmm. in town. There's one uh, SCR and a couple, there's a couple out in Orange County. Mm -hmm. But in terms of what is available to equity actors uh, where, where they can work on mm -hmm. stage, it's very limited. Mm -hmm. um, also, I will say this straight up, and they're doing, uh, they're, many of those theaters hire actors that are not LA based mm. consistently, mm. which is disappointing. D don't know if you heard that, you said <laughs> disappointing. Because there's, Awesome actors in LA. <laughs> Listen to her, people. Anyways, ah, uh, but so those actors in the '80s, uh, they sued their union so they could be able to, also, uh, for, primarily, to make their own work mm -hmm. and not have to take either volunteer mm -hmm. or take a very small stipend. Right. And so then, from that plan, mm -hmm. which they called, they referred to as the 99 seat plan. Mm -hmm. uh, so it had to be theaters 99 seats or under. Mm -hmm. It had a limited number of 
uh, performances you can do, um, and the amount you can charge. Right. So that nobody's nobody was going to make money off of these right. these plays. Um, but out of that grew a culture that um, you could develop new work mm -hmm. uh, for a, a lesser amount of money than mm -hmm. say in, a, in a, another city. Mm -hmm. um, but also you could you could try things out. You could start a company with your friends. Mm -hmm. You know there was it was a very um, it became a, a a nurturing and I would say an incubator mm -hmm. kind of culture for theater. Um, also, we have tons of playwrights here because everybody's, work, especially now, more and more play playwrights are being hired to work on TV. Mm -hmm. So there are playwrights galore here, mm -hmm. great writers. I hear a lot you know? of, I, I listen to a lot of sh podcasts about with TV execs and managers and showrunners, and I hear a lot of showrunners like, I, I, I love it when I get sent a play. Yeah. When somebody sends me their play, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's become, that's it's really become something that uh, it's come around in, in terms of the industry. Mm -hmm. People coming around to mm -hmm. playwrights and, and theater that yeah. way, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so there were a lot of play, a lot of playwrights in town who have plays yeah. that want, because you know you're working on TV, but like like how actors need to to you know practice right. and make plays, mm -hmm. you know get on stage, do work the muscle. Mm -hmm. Playwrights need to make plays. Absolutely. So it was very conducive. The culture became very conducive to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess what a year and a half ago, two years ago now. Uh -huh. um, Equi decided to change that role mm -hmm. uh, and to make a more, f uh, they wanted a more formalized agreement that paid their actors more money. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there were a number of theaters in town ar already that were paying above that plan anyways. Mm -hmm. um, not Still not a great amount of money, not a living wage, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that's just, that is always kind of, it's mm -hmm. difficult to make a living off of theater mm -hmm. anywhere. Absolutely. Period. Um, and part of that, that conversation mm -hmm. is more about how our cities and governments have to be get behind theater. Chicago is successful as a theater town because I think because their city uh, invested in it as a tour as part of their tourism, mm -hmm. and it's amazing. They yep. built spaces. They gave, you know they've given companies homes. Mm -hmm. They've you know they they fund things, mm -hmm. and that is something that LA mm -hmm. is terrible mm -hmm. at. And, and not to LA say we get we I mean the DCA is doing their best, and mm -hmm. I know everybody's working within the budgets <clears> that they have, but mm -hmm. like if if taxpayers, if we, if we actually, I think, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think it's like how percentage of, of taxes that goes to arts funding mm. in LA, it's something dismal, like it's less than 5%. It's, it's tiny. It's like 2% or something. Yeah. And we're like, we're like 48th <clears throat> on state lists. Mm. And we're the sec, I mean, we're this gigantic, amazing city mm. that doesn't have that. So. Yeah. That to me is also like, where's the funding coming from? Well, we got to figure out how to get the city more involved mm -hmm. and uh, and everybody buy into the fact that this is a some, right. something that creates tourism and art. I mean, the art scene here is popping. Mm -hmm. Holy crap! Mm -hmm. I mean, right? It really has. I mean, it's been growing for years and years and years. But like the art, the visual art scene is happening mm -hmm. like crazy. The music scene. I mean, dance <clears throat> is coming up in a big way. Right. And all of the other great thing about LA is that I, I think a lot of artists uh, there's a lot of crossover and mm -hmm. wanting to collaborate and work with other artists. Mm -hmm. Like you'll go to, if you go to a, a gallery opening, there's probably gonna be some kind of performance there of some sort, whether it be music. I've got, I, I just did, I did a piece last year at a, a think tank downtown mm -hmm. where they, we did a, it was a, a, a immersive piece mm -hmm. where, uh, but you were, it was built in a, a gallery showing of two artists. Mm. So it was using the art that was there as well. And so another way to, bring audience in right. is to have performance mm -hmm. in your no, absolutely. You know, art show. Yeah. So yeah, so like stuff like that is happening. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, but uh, so going 
<laughs> back yeah. in everything. Um, but yeah, equity came in and decided to change it. And uh, my biggest feeling about it is that they just did it very, very poorly. Yeah. Um, they didn't, there was no communication or even curiosity about the community that they were doing this to. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that they were doing it to. They, they just kind of just, they just did it. Yeah. I mean, there was, well, and there was also, there was, there was a vote, but it was mm-hmm. a non-binding vote. And actually the LA, uh, LA equity members voted it down mm-hmm. and it still went through. So there is a, there's been a, there's a lot of uh, feeling. There's always LA, LA. It was, this is the really great thing that came out of it mm-hmm. to me is that there was a coalescing of LA theater community mm-hmm. um, to say, wait a second, no, we're awesome. Yeah. Which I feel like I've been saying for years, right. you know. And there's a number of people, not just me, who've mm-hmm. been saying for years, and we've been doing, you know, making theater. And right. so whenever, like, I get people who are like, LA is not a theater town. I want to, you know, like, I'm gonna punch you. Mm-hmm. But I, my bet is that they haven't seen any. They saw one play. Mm-hmm. You know, or oh, I never say, you know, I don't, there's nothing going on. It's like, right. we'll go, mm, mm. you mm. have to, you, and in LA, again, you have to go looking. You gotta like, leave your house. You do. You have to leave your house. You mm-hmm. have to be curious. You have to, you mm-hmm. know, find something you're interested in. Right. And go see it because, mm-hmm. and that's how you're gonna find those people. Right. Because um, there is no like, oh, I'm going there and there's a strip of bars that we all go to afterwards. Mm-hmm. Or there's, I mean, that's one of the things that's great about about bootleg is mm-hmm. that it's a space that it can also have communing. Mm-hmm. So that's the other, th- like we've done over the years, we've done events or mm-hmm. or hosted places or rented out to, to groups that want to bring people together. Right. Because that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that back porch, mm-hmm. like I think more art has been talked about and then created off of that okay. porch, <laughs> you know, and collaborations have come. It'll be shrined one day. Exactly. Right, no, this, it's, a, it's a, it's a wonderful vortex. Right. right. It's a vortex <laughs> of thought. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Sure. Totally. Um, so, so equity did, went through with this uh, thing, and mm-hmm. it there's carve outs. Uh, uh, so it's a minimum wage contract mm-hmm. now for all actor or uh, a percentage of actors uh, have to work under equity contract mm-hmm. per show, mm-hmm. which is a minimum wage contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there are two carve outs. The members there's a membership company rule where basically if you're in a mem- if it's a membership company that's producing. Equity's not even going to pay attention to you, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a carve out for uh, self-producing equity members, mm. um, but they can't, from what I understand, they can't co-produce with a nonprofit or. Uh, um, Jeez. Uh, yeah. So there's a. There, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I hope it, in, it doesn't discourage members from mm-hmm. making their own work. Right. Um, that would be a shame. Yeah. Because a lot of great work in LA has come out of that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Do you have any favorite up-and-coming artists in LA that you you've worked with, or writers, oh. or Ooh. or uh, performers that you have worked with that you think are really going somewhere? <laughs> well, let's see. Oh, there's all kinds of great people. Let's see. Um, uh, let's see. Going through. Um, I work with a with a, a producer named Miranda Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, she's produced something called the LAX Festival here for the last five years, our Live Arts Exchange mm-hmm. LAX Festival, oh. and it's all a festival of contemporary work. Okay. And she, um, I've been very, I mean, super impressed with her as a person, and then also as a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she brings in a lot of a lot of different artists that I've and like so I've been introduced to artists through her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, she's pretty great. Her company is called Los Angeles Performance Practice. Mm-hmm. And um, then who else? Uh, I work with a, a number of uh, writers, poets. Um, Steve Connell is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel Kahn, mm-hmm. also awesome. Um, who else? I'm about to, I'm about to work with uh, Ann Klaus Farley again mm-hmm. and Brandon Baruch, who is a, a lighting designer and a playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, 
who else? Who else am I working with? Uh, Sybil Wickersheimer, awesome set mm-hmm. designer. Um, who else? I mean, all kind. There's so many. There's so many good people in this town. <laughs> you know, um, there's some great dancers. Uh, L.A. Contemporary Dance. Um, who else? Nina McNeely has a company and uh, has. They have a. There's a group called Wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nina McNeely, Jasmine Albuquerque, and Kristen Leahy, and they do it's dance or it's it's dance, but it's also got this beautiful video projection mm. stuff that uh, that Nina does on it. I love um, multimedia it's, uh, type art. It's so exciting. That brings in so many different forms yeah. into it to really just blend it all together. I yeah, love totally. Like that. I'm trying to think. I mean, in terms of like you know companies that I consistently always go to, you know, and mm-hmm. great great stuff happens. Uh, Circle X does great stuff. Um, Echo Theater has been killing it lately. They actually, uh, when will this, uh, yeah, you might still, they're, they're the, Kirk Douglas is doing something called Block Party, mm-hmm. um, and they're bringing in three different 99-seat uh, shows oh, and wow. producing them there, which I'm really excited about, and nice. I hope it goes really well, because that's what they should be doing. It's so good. They're using the theater for LA artists. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Theater Movement Bazaar. F- mm-hmm. Favorites. Absolute favorites. I've had them here three times. Um, these, there's a couple, they create work um, that is, it's, it's, it's uh, text, I mean, there's a, <clears throat> it's text and then there's also awesome movement and the ensemble work is killer and all the artists that they mm. work with are on point now you had um, a show developed here that's about to be on Netflix yeah right? yeah yeah totally uh, tell us a little bit about that yeah um, it's Roger Genver Smith mm-hmm. and the you may know him from Oz you may know him from Oz you may know him from many things he's been in a ton of totally, those totally yeah Look totally I, I, my first, my, I was saying my first experience with him was do the right thing mm. um, totally yeah. yeah and a bunch of stuff recently mm-hmm. he's, but he has a, he has a, he has a long a movie career mm-hmm. um, but then he also his theater career is that he makes solo, primarily solo performances mm-hmm. um, and we've had uh, I think I've had five five shows by him mm-hmm. here if not six maybe it's six mm-hmm. um everything from a one-off almost improv uh, he did an improvised show called patriot act mm-hmm. that we did on july 4th directed right. by rob adler um and uh, uh it had a live dj a live drummer and two dancers and him speaking and it was yeah it was amazing <laughs> and it was just one night only oh wow came and gone yeah totally no it's great um but so so this piece is called rodney king mm-hmm. Um, and he created it in here in uh, uh, 2012, mm-hmm. um, and it really came about from me calling up and saying, you know, I have three weeks in, available in the space. Do you have a, you know, one of your pieces that you'd like to do? Um, and he said, how about something new? Mm-hmm. And I said, I have no money, but sure. <laughs> and then he said, uh, it was it was interesting. He said he was thinking about um, a piece about Otto Frank, Ian Frank's uh, right. dad. And then I was like, okay, I'll get back to you in a week because I was going to do something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And over that weekend, uh, Rodney King died on Father's Day. Mm. And when I talked to him later that week, he said, I'm thinking about Rodney King. And I said, okay. And I gave, he had two weeks in the space mm-hmm. to do, you know, to create it. And mm-hmm. then we had three week run and then we went down for two weeks and came back up again and did mm-hmm. it for three weeks. It is, um, it's one of the things I'm most proud of in awesome. terms of stuff that I've been able to support and be a part of. Mm-hmm. It is a... Uh, we refer to it as a prayer mm-hmm. more than a play in okay. that um, he is uh, he's asking questions of Rodney mm-hmm. um, and I, oh, this is a, well, he came back and did it last week for the last time basically because mm-hmm. uh, he's going to retire it after it comes out on Netflix uh-huh. April 28th um, but uh, he um, it's pretty much it it started off as being an imp- Im- improvised mm-hmm. and it, things have gotten settled more in it but it's still improvised right. And there's something about it. I was saying this phrase to somebody. I said, "There's a col- he taps into our collective consciousness mm-hmm. because this is an, there's an event 
you know, if, if you were alive and maybe over four or five years old, let's mm -hmm. say, you have some kind of knowledge of either the event mm -hmm. of Rodney King's beating or the uprising right. riots. So you have something there. And it, it's tr and it, it has since turned out that that's actually true all over the world because he's toured it all over the world. Mm -hmm. And people even, like, even people in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. they have something that they either, they knew that it was happening in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. or they heard something about, you know, there's something about that. So mm -hmm. there's, there's something really, I love plays that give an audience space to have their own thoughts mm -hmm. and make up, it makes it, audience is going to make up your, their own story mm -hmm. no matter what you do. Right. Don't fight it. Right. Give them very specific things mm -hmm. to hang their hat on mm -hmm. and to make their story. Because also, if I'm going to make, it, the more I'm into a play, mm -hmm. it means that I'm, it, I am connecting to it with my story. Right. And it's, 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 uh, what do you call it? Um, enlightening mm -hmm. me on my own state of being. Mm -hmm. And that that Rodney King really mm -hmm. does that in terms of it has there's you, you'll be, there's events so you're like oh I remember that guy oh and I felt that way about uh, and uh, and also the fact that it's super relevant right. you know we the conversation about race in this country Absolutely. is is prevalent everywhere and it's it and it is it, it has become a, you know think I mm -hmm. think in a, in a good way even mm -hmm. though it's scary mm -hmm. it's become a forefront and yeah. we need to talk yeah. about it. I feel like theater to me is has so many um, meanings to people and so many objectives and and it definitely can be escape uh, you know escape from absolutely your day, but it definitely I think one of the biggest things that I always push is that it needs to teach. What, it can be something so small. Mm -hmm. It can teach how, ma good manners like just something tiny, but it can also teach something big about humanity and and I know you mentioned earlier about saying something that just blew the back of your head off you know <laughs> yeah. and 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 the first thing that came to mind for me was cabaret uh -huh. I saw cabaret in New York when I was in high school and high school was the first time I really got to be in theater uh -huh. um, not just doing theater but in it and around it uh -huh. and we saw cabaret I was a young kid from Christian Texas like you know yeah, sure. raised by a Christian family nothing wrong with that but no. I definitely hadn't seen a lot of that kind of theater, uh -huh. theater. And I went and saw it in the first act. I was just like, what <laughs> is this? Like, this is insane. And at the time, I was already big into like World War II and, and really into history. I love mm -hmm. history. I love just exploring history. And when it got to that final act and that second act, I mean, by the end of it, I was just in tears. And like all my like uh, uh, classmates were getting up and living, and I'm just... Yeah. Sitting there, just even now, like thinking, yeah. I just, I'm tearing up, yeah. and like that is the same moment. I think if you can find something that just keeps you in the seat, yeah. and you don't even realize it's over, yeah. you're just like, oh, we need to leave. Yeah. Like people are sweeping. <laughs> like we gotta go, and that was that moment for me. It was that it was that show, and so I feel like if, from what you're saying, like that sounds a lot with Rodney King, where you sit there and like. Oh yeah. At the end. Of it. It, it, no, it, it it's a it, it's a rock you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally for sure. I'm super curious to see what it looks like on like. And when's what, it coming out? Uh, April 28th April, on Netflix. On Netflix. Uh, so, yeah. Directed by Spike Lee. Directed they, by I think Spike Lee. One performance with like 12 cameras. Yeah, in a they park, shot right? one performance to, outside at a park in Manhattan. No, 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 no confetti. No, no confetti. No, no, no glitter. <laughs> no glitter. No suit. No, <laughs> no silly string. string. Just play. <laughs> Just play. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, two more things. Yeah. Um, any real quick tips for surviving just that maybe we haven't talked about for surviving LA for anybody that is about to move or just moved here? Uh, Other than you, I know you said good car, uh, right. interests, hobbies. How about this? 
be nice to yourself for the first year. First mm-hmm. year is rough. Give yourself time. Give yourself time. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I think the first year is rough any if you, any city you're going to move to mm-hmm. or anything like that. But like, just remember, like, that it just yeah, it takes a, it takes at least a year to get here and mm-hmm. to figure out like, okay, not to take Santa Monica Boulevard to get to Santa Monica. Jesus. <laughs> You know. There's so many other ways. <laughs> totally. To get there. Oh no, I, like I like I literally avoid Santa Monica Boulevard now because it's a, it's horrible. It's, oh, it's a terrible street. It's a terrible street. It's, it's, the, it's worst. Like, the, the worst traffic you could possibly choose. Mm. Like mm. I remember like having those moments of like, God, it takes so long to get to Santa Monica. <laughs> well, and, it and does, you, but mm-hmm. not if <laughs> it yeah. be shorter. Than and you that can't does. trust Waze because Waze will turn you left yeah. at five o'clock in the afternoon yeah, no, onto Santa Monica, totally. and you'll never make it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anything coming up uh, soon that you want to uh, yes. let us know about? Uh, May 19th, we open a new play called I Carry Your Heart okay. by Georgette Kelly that I am directing. Fantastic. Um, it's part of a, a playwriting prize mm-hmm. called the Hope on Stage Prize mm-hmm. that actually is being funded by academic an academic research initiative from Notre Dame and Cornell. Um, it's been a two-year process. Been, I've been part of like the whole process of picking the play and mm-hmm. getting it ready, and we've been workshopping it. It's got a rolling premiere. There'll be a premiere of it at the end of this month in Ithaca and then our production, separate production here. Um, really excited. That weekend also we're going to have um, speakers and panelists. All It's a Hope and, Hope and Optimism Festival weekend. Oh, I like that. Yes, totally. The, the, so 19th, 20th, 21st of May. Are there, are there tickets? Do you know, are tickets on the They will now? be up by the time this is on. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, now, I used to run, host a online radio show called Stand Up and Laugh. Um, for some reason, the Facebook is still live. I get like people still request to be friends with it. I don't know if that show's still running somewhere. Somebody because I had hosts that took it over when I left. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the things I, I did that I tried to make a staple on there was I tried to t- give my guests old MySpace quizzes. Okay. If you don't remember, MySpace was after Friendster and before Facebook. Um, it was. It still exists, it still right? exists, but now it's for music and stand-up comedians more gotcha. than anything. Tom was always your friend. He was always there for you. That's right. Um, but you, they would have. It, Facebook oh kind of has it now, where you go in and answer random quizzes. But it's like you know, ten things you didn't know about. It's, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. These would be like random questions about you, and they were very intricate and stupid. Um, so I have 167 <laughs> MySpace quiz question, uh, question quiz, uh-huh. and I, before we started recording, I asked Jessica to pick six numbers, uh-huh. and I wrote those questions down. She has not seen those questions, so we're going to ask these questions as a way to, just a fun way to end the podcast. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> first very one. very pressureful. <laughs> uh, first one, how many kids do you want to have? Uh, um, I have no kids, mm-hmm. um, but I have all kinds of kids. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Um, do you have a crush on someone? Do I have a crush on someone? By the way, these um, quizzes were all very high school You mean my boyfriend, Lin-Manuel Miranda? No, he's no, amazing. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. That's, that's, I'd say that's a, good, that's a good crush right now. Okay, good. Um, twirl or cut spaghetti? Ooh, twirl. <laughs> that's right. That's good, though. That's mm-hmm. a good, made me think for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you twirl or cut? I twirl. Twirl? Okay. I do. Okay. Do you like Chinese food? I do. What's your favorite? Um, what's my favorite? Uh, I like, well, if I'm going like rich and delicious, mm-hmm. it's the, uh, what is it, the walnut shrimp, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. super fried and <laughs> delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like a, I like a good uh, a, a string bean, just a basic string Ooh. bean and oyster sauce. I like that. Yeah, nice. totally. Right. Simple. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been your best year? In, in general, right? In I'm trying to think. No, I'm trying to think. 38 was pretty good. I think it was 38. What, what, year, what year was that? Uh, 19, uh, 19. I just said 19. <laughs> You're 19. I'm, I'm 19 AD. This is the gesture of me pushing my <laughs> crow's feet back. Um, 
Uh, uh, what year would that be? That would be 2007? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2000. Or 2008. 2008? Yeah, 2008. It was a very good year. It was year. a very good year. No, 2008 was a good year. And your final question. Yes. Who's the last call you made? Who's the last person you called? The last person I called? Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Paul and Joliet. Oh, there Joliet. you go. Yeah. Well, that's the MySpace quiz. It's random and ridiculous. Uh, doesn't always leave you with the best question. <laughs> but you still got more information about the wonderful Jessica Anna. Jessica, thank you so much my for pleasure. being on the show. I definitely want to have you back uh, mm-hmm. to talk about the bands and the bar scene more here. Um, I want to talk about directing. I, there's so much more I think we can talk about. Uh, it's sad that people don't want a five-hour podcast. I don't know why, <laughs> but they don't. Um, so, But I would love to have you back. Not on. even when you're stuck in traffic in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to thank uh, our producer, Michael Lutheran, for taking notes and taking pictures this whole time. Thank He's you, been fantastic. He's, he's wearing a ninja costume. I told him he didn't have to do that, but he still did it, and it's awkward. <laughs> okay. And he may not be here next time. The same. Um, but again, thank you so much. And uh, back to you, Michael and Daniel, in the studio. And with that, we close out the first week of Hollywood Hustle episodes. That, that was... Wow, that's two two full interviews and a uh, team hustle uh, host episode, back to back to back. I'm I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, but like exo- like because I just feel like I've like so much has gone into my head from yeah. these conversations. For for listeners, I mean, you. I hope you know you had a great experience with this because absolutely. You know, this is a whole. You know, and this is all. A big preview of what mm. else is more to come. Yeah, this show and this show will be ever evolving. And and right now, I think we've really, um, after the Justice interview, we've really hit a good pattern and a good uh, 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 format for the show that will continue on from here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, especially when we were with Jess, like we were still learning about the equipment yeah. that we were using a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you, um, you heard that during the interview, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a patch. But so, you know, and this week you got to hear, you know, our very first interview that we recorded in this amazing theater and all the way to being in the home of Kurt Mega, um, you know, and everything in between and just also getting a chance to hear how different their experiences were, but also, again, how similar. And how perfect is it, Mike, that for a show about art and artists and for our background, both coming from theater that our first interview was done in a theater, in a theater. Well, I mean, when you approached me about helping produce uh, this podcast, the first person I thought of immediately was Jessica Hanna because I'd worked with her Um, a couple years ago. I saw a production that she directed at the Hollywood Fringe Festival uh, called No Homo, a romantic tragedy. Uh, And it was written by Brandon Baruch. And I had a friend who was in the show. And, you know, when if if you're an actor in this town, you have a ton of friends who are involved in Hollywood Fringe. There's so many shows that are going on. But this was a good friend of mine, so I wanted to make sure to see this show. And I sat in the audience and I got to watch it and I fell in love. It was such an amazing story of these two men uh, who were heterosexual, but they lived together and how everyone else around them viewed them as being in a relationship. But these two, you know, these two friends 
uh, didn't think that they were. And so it's just an investigation in terms of relationships and what is love and, you know, who can you live with and who can't you live without with. Um, and it, it was just this beautiful story. And it quickly became one of the, my favorite pieces of theater that I'd seen out here. And it went off to the New York Fringe Festival, had a bunch of accolades. And when they came back, Jess decided, with, along with Brandon and fellow producer uh, Max Oaken, that they wanted to do a full, fully realized production of it. So, and they did, wanted to do some recasting of the main role. And so my friend who was in the show, he put my name in the hat and, you know, I, I got to go in and meet with Jess. And it was one of those out-of-body experiences of getting a chance to see, like imagine if you got to see your favorite movie and then find out, you know, a couple months later that they want to reshoot it because they they need to recast someone and they invite you to go be in that movie. It was just it's like it was a chance of a dream, you know, of getting a chance to work with that amazing cast and to work with Jess. And, you know, she really worked with me on being present in the struggle, that there were moments in the show where I wanted to give in to my emotions and just, you know, ha- show the audience exactly how I was feeling. Whereas she was like, no, be still, be in your crisis and let us connect with you. So uh, just being with Jess, um, she had such a profound impact on me because that was also my first show in which I got to be in a leading role here on the LA theater scene. So when you uh, talked about wanting to speak with an artist about people's journeys and everything, Jess, Jessica Hanna was the first person to come to my mind, and I'm so glad we got her. And I think going off that, I think one of the things we talked about in the, the conversation a lot is about being is the cooperation in theater and everyone working with everyone to build something great. Mm-hmm. And like I think the Hollywood Fringe Festival is a great look at that, is everybody working together just to put on something fantastic. Absolutely, and it's so often times a, a leaping off platform. So the production of No Homo that I saw was not the production that we put up at the Atwater Village Theater Absolutely. Uh, a year and a half late, like, uh, just over a year later, um, it was there were some changes to it that were brought into the script because they decided to cast me as the lead role, and I brought in my own person, my own sensibilities, and Brandon was able to change the script, adapt it, adapt it because you have a different energy. Yeah, um, they dropped that he was a weightlifter, that he was muscle muscles galore. <laughs> Um, and that he was six foot he's six five, foot five uh, could lift a car off a baby. Had perfect vision. <laughs> perfect vision. Uh, a beard that all men were jealous of. Uh, <laughs> they are jealous of me, Danny. <laughs> no, but it was it was a wonderful experience, and Jessica was so kind, and the cast, the the cast who were still from the original cast, were so welcoming to me being this outside artist coming in to this existing family and it's one of the best experiences that I've ever had. So speaking of uh, theater experiences, what do they have coming up next? Yes, yeah, so uh, in you know Act 1, uh, in the previous episode we talked about I Carry Your Heart uh, which is a new play written by Georgette Kelly, directed by Jessica Hanna. Uh, you can still have the chance to check out their closing weekend performances running now through June 10th at the Bootleg Theater. Um, also uh, coming up, they have the Theater uh, theater Movement Bazaars Track 3. Now, I know um, 
Jess talked about this in her interview, um, this this uh, theater company, but Track 3 was created and premiered at the bootleg actually back in 2012. Um, and it is back for only four shows. So uh, this investigates Chekhov's famous play, Three Sisters. In this interdisciplinary performance work, the characters are stranded, waiting, and wanting for something outside themselves to give them happiness. Movement, dance, song, and humor derail the play from its early 1900s origins and set the itinerary for a 21st century existential extravaganza. Um, you know, and from the bootleg theater, it's actually going to go on to the Chekhov International Theater Festival in Moscow, Russia. So if you're in L.A. and you have a chance to see some amazing theater that's going to be performed on the other side of the planet, go check it out now. Uh, it's going to be amazing. And of course, we've already plugged uh, the Hollywood Fringe Festival. That's going on this month. You can check out more of their information, hollywoodfringe.org. Uh, um, I actually played uh, Chibutkin in Three Sisters. Chibutkin? Back in college. Chibutkin, or Chibutikin, as we called him. That, that sounds like the sound effect that one of the Street Fighters... <laughs> Chibutkin! Chibutkin! Um, I, I, had my, I grew a beard for three months straight. And that was the, probably the first time I had a really long beard was during that time. And it stayed on your face it stayed ever on, since. No, actually, it's really a funny story. I the right after we we struck the we struck the set, I went home and no one had seen me clean shaven in this college. I came in with a beard. I went home and completely shaved, and because I'm so tired of having a beard. And when I we all went out to dinner that night, I went in. Nobody recognized. I literally sat down. Everybody stared at me like. Who's, Who's this guy this? Yeah. that's sitting down with me? Uh, so it was it was pretty interesting. So also on going on that, Jess mentioned it. There was a show that was born in the uh, 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 bootleg theater. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Rodney. Uh, a play, a one man show, Rodney King uh, by Roger uh, Ginrith Smith. Uh, you've seen him probably on Oz. Uh, he's been on a lot of TV shows. Um, he's played a guest star in a lot of stuff, but he basically, uh, she needed to fill some space. Like she said, called him up. He came up and made this great performance and then Spike Lee picked it up and filmed it for Netflix. Yeah. They used 12 cameras. Yeah. Did one performance in a park and it is up now. And it's now on Netflix. So, um, whether you're in LA or you're somewhere else outside of this state, somewhere else in the world, you have a chance to actually, uh, you know, check out some of the hard work that Jessica Hanna has done. She was essential in helping uh, him develop this performance piece. So uh, you should definitely check it out. It's on Netflix called Rodney King. Absolutely. And also, uh, don't forget, last time we're going to say it, you have until June 13th to leave us a review on iTunes to win a $25 iTunes gift card, an 8x10 signed photograph of myself and Michael that was taken by professional photographer Eric Carroll from Eric Carroll Photography, and your opportunity to have your hustle, acting, business, writing, whatever, on our website for a month where we will share everyone who you are and how great you are and what you've done. Uh, so definitely leave us a review on iTunes so we can draw a, a name out of a hat filled with paper and we and we'll uh announce that winner uh next week um or next week for our next episode series probably uh by the act two mm-hmm. episode 
for that. And also remember to follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. And we are on Twitter at LA Hustlecast. And, you know, again, if you have any questions or comments or thoughts on what you've listened to so far this week, whether it's uh, Kurt Mega uh, <laughs> or questions for me and Daniel from our Team Hustle episode or for Jessica Hanna, um, please email us at hollywoodhustlepodcast at gmail.com. And re- please remember to subscribe uh, to uh, wherever you listen to podcasts on iTunes and also add us to your favorites list on Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud. Uh, now, next week, we will be going into our regular release schedule. This is what our releases will be from now on. Uh, our, the first part of our interview will be on Thursday, Tuesday, and the second part will be released on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, it won't be a storm of episodes again, so uh, hopefully you enjoy a little bit of the relaxation and able to take in the interview a little bit more. But next week in Los Angeles, the land where people try to bring magic to the silver screen, we sometimes forget about those who actually perform in magic. Uh-huh. Next week, we're excited to bring to you the podcast award-winning magician, Joel Ward. Yep, podcast award-winning magician. Magic is a great visual art for a podcast. Uh, (laughs) He has performed all around the world on college campuses and is a Hollywood staple at the famous Magic Castle. Uh, Joel was a fantastic interview. I am a huge magic lover. I was like a little kid. I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. And uh, exciting news on that end, and we'll probably share it uh, on the next episode as well. But Joel just got engaged. Yes. So I'm excited to find out how this magician proposed uh, to Allison. Find out next time on on Hollywood Hustle Hustle And remember, keep up the hustle. We'll get it right. (laughs) One day, eventually. This episode of Hollywood Hustle Podcast was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Kel Torados is our sound engineer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, visit our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.